Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, just the father and son duo again. Um, hopefully the guys will be back before the Super Bowl. We'll get a chance to talk in the next couple of weeks because I know there's been a lot going on, especially in the NFL, NBA. We're going to talk about it a little today. NHL has been a little quiet to me. Um, and, you know, baseball is about to be starting back up. Spring training is coming soon. So how's it going today? Uh, good. Just a snowy day here in New York. We had a rainy day here in Virginia. So I mean we had we had eleven or eleven to fourteen inches drop Sunday to Monday and then two to four today. So it's a lot. Are you digging yourself out? <laughs> uh, not yet done. Well, all right. I am going to start with NBA today because we're gonna have a lot to talk about when it comes to the NFL side. Um so right now the big conversation is LeBron breaking Kareem's regular season record. What are your thoughts on this as a whole? Um, I mean, it's a big accomplishment uh, for, for LeBron um, to, to break the scoring record. Uh, he's going to do it in less games than Kareem, uh, which, is, which is significant for, for him. Uh, to to break that, and I mean LeBron. I think one of the things a lot of people are going to say about it is that he broke the scoring record, and he's not really known to be a scorer. Like he's not a prolific. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Steph Curry. He's not MJ. Uh, he's not any of those guys, and he still broke the scoring record. And playing in the league for 20 years helps. <laughs> uh, yeah. And 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 not only just playing in the league for 20 years, but being pretty healthy for 20 years, for not missing many games. I think the really only extended period of time I remember LeBron missing was like his first year with the with the Lakers, uh, where he first got a or second. It was his first because it was still when Kuz and Lonzo were all there yep. and whatever. Okay. So yep. it was it was when he hurt his hamstring. That's like the only time I can remember LeBron missing a very extended period of time. Yep. And yeah, so before the bubble. Got, yeah, he's got a lot of longevity. He's got a lot of um he's got a lot of longevity, a lot of health going his way. And he's he is a scorer, but he doesn't do it the way the modern NBA does. He's a he drives to the rim. He's a layup dunker. He had, always had a decent mid-range game, but he's developed a three-point shot. And that that's helped him, obviously, uh, to sustain his career so he doesn't have to keep driving and putting in all the effort that was required uh, for him to score 20 or 30 points because it looked different for him to score 30 points than it did for, like, a Steph Curry to yeah. score 30 points. I agree. Uh, and so it, it's a significant accomplishment. I mean – it's well documented, and if Chris and Josh were here, they would they would tell they would probably be shocked that it seems like I'm praising LeBron. But I, I never <laughs> hate never hated LeBron. I just I'm not his biggest fan. I still think he's one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he is the greatest of all time, as they would say, but I think he is one of the greatest of all time. So this is another notch in his belt, a huge and significant accomplishment. Whenever he does do it, which it looks like it'll probably be in the next few games. Weeks. Yeah, probably, I think based on his scoring average right now, it's about five to six games. 
is the projected five to six games. I yeah. Think. I mean, I, I would think say a, within I think the he's next... 100, I think he's 170 some odd points short right now. And so he's, if I think he's averaging like 30 points a game. So it's probably going to be six games before yeah. he breaks it at the same pace if he stays on pace and doesn't take a rest day, which I don't think he will until he breaks it. Yeah, he's at 177 points officially from it, or 178 if you, I mean, he's 177 to tie, 178 to, to take it over. Um, so I can agree with a, a lot of what you said. You know, he's played 20 seasons. He, he's, he stayed healthy, um, which, which helps with everything that you're really looking at. You know, um, and like you said, you know, if Josh or uh, Chris were on, they would say he's the greatest. But, you know, we talked before, um, him and Kareem both had 20 seasons. Kareem had more games. The seasons were a little crazier then. Um, Kareem had 1,560 games. LeBron has right now is at 1,404. If he finishes it in the next, let's say, six to seven games, he'll be, you know, 1,411. So he'll have a, a significant, you know, less games than Kareem played. But, you know, Carl Malone is who he just beat. He passed a little while ago. Um, you know, Carl Malone paid 1400 Kobe Bryant, 1350 as number four. But then, like I, we talked about before the show, Michael, who I grew up with. You know, I grew up with all five, four of the five of these top five. Only played a thousand. He's the number five scoring all time, and he played four hundred less games than LeBron. And if we you did the math, if he played the same amount of games as LeBron, and on his career average, which is thirty points a game, he would be beating LeBron by almost four thousand points. I am so for me, I'm going to start at this with is I give LeBron the kudos that he deserves. He's done what he's doing. Like you said, he's got an accolade. He's going to finish this accolade. He's going to have this. But everybody needs to back off the greatest of all time talk. Michael Jordan's done more and less than LeBron James. I always joke because I thought I sent that commercial to you guys. In the, in the text, our, in our text chat, of the two guys going at each other. You know, LeBron, six, or, you know, he's gone to what, nine conference fi- or NBA finals? Only won three. Michael's gone to six, won six. He has, a, you know, the number two scoring of all time in the, in the playoffs is Michael Jordan with a hundred games less than LeBron and he's only 40 point or he's only, what was it? Four. He's only two, he's 2000 or no, 1500 points less. So hundred points, a hundred games, 1500 points. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I can't ever put LeBron greatest of all time. Greatest of this generation possible. Mount Rushmore, definitely. I think I think it's debatable. He's the greatest of our time. I have debated it before. But I know. 
we have on this, I think we've had it on this episode, on these, on this podcast. We talked about top 10. We've done that. But I just have to give credit where credit is due, I guess, with this alone. LeBron deserves it. He's seven, maybe eight games away from taking over. Kudos. So, but I did want to talk about that. So the other thing I want to talk about, we haven't done a lot of NBA talk. And and I think it's kind of deserved a little bit more on this episode, you know, starting to talk about it. We've both been watching basketball for the last, you know, since it started, but not it's not a primary of our watching schedule. Who do you right now see in each conference take away the record? Who do you see as that team that whether they're at the bottom, the top ten, you know, the bottom half, they're playing great and they're gonna be back, they're gonna be in the playoff race, or they're the top team in the in, in the league and the conference, and they are playing like it. What do you see? Um, I would say in the East, I think it's clearly Boston. They've they jumped out. Boston probably is the best team in the NBA at the moment. Uh and they, they jumped out and really haven't looked back as to start the season and, and whatnot, coming off of a, a finals loss last yep. year, thinking that there might be a, a little bit of a drop in play. They really haven't dropped. Tatum's looked like an MVP candidate. Jalen Brown's having a solid season. They're playing a ton of minutes. And one thing with them is they are incredibly deep as a team. Yeah. I mean, you have guys coming off the bench. You got uh you've got three or four point guard three point guards that probably all start on different teams. Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Derek White. Then you've got Horford, Grant Williams, Robert Williams. Uh, as your bigs, and then obviously your wings with Tatum and Brown, uh, Blake Griffin, uh, Cornette's giving them good minutes. So they they're a really deep team, and they um, what's the oh my gosh, I just blanked on the coach's name. Um, oh, we just talked about it. Um, I just blanked Joe out too. Joe Missoula, uh, yeah, Missoula, and he's got them playing really good uh defensively i mean offensively they kind of have a lot of the weapons already with tatum tatum's a good iso player jalen's a good iso player they've got good catch and shoot guys they don't play iso ball a ton i mean it's built into their system but they don't play a ton of iso ball unless you get a, a big mismatch they they play really sound fundamental offense but defensively they're one of the best teams and uh, i think one of the best teams uh statistically defensively as well which is one of the big areas of why i think that they are a good team is they play solid defense um okay and, now and in the oh, west in the west the west is a little bit harder um i feel weird just going who's leading with chalk? denver uh, because I, I said that with Boston, but right now Denver has probably played the most consistent and the and the best. I mean, that's why they're leading the West. Jokic is having a potential MVP candidate season, a three three in a row. He's about averaging a triple double, 25, 11, and nine point nine assists. Uh, like he's right there, about averaging a triple double 
he's getting better every year, which is hard to do because he's already won back-to-back MVPs. <laughs> uh, and he's playing solid basketball. He's he's allowing for Jamal Murray to to get back to who he is. And Jamal isn't – I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he's starting to get there. And that's going to help them in the – because they don't need him to peak right now. They just need him to peak when the playoffs start uh, yeah. for Murray – Aaron Gordon's been a solid contributor for them. He's opened up a lot for them. Uh, and then Michael Porter Jr. is on his – I mean, he's played a decent amount of games, but he's got a still, he's still in the same boat as Jamal Murray, still working back injuries and whatnot. I, I think they've got a lot of, of talent on that team. Bones Highland has been he's, – he's been a little disappointing this year for them, but I think they've got a solid team, uh, and I think they're going to – I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs, maybe have a deep playoff run. I think the one thing that's significant for them is none of their guys are playing over 34 minutes a game. Yeah, uh, I saw they're, that. They're, 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 all... they're, they're keeping them low and fresh, and they're still winning. Yep. And yeah. so that's that's a huge – especially for Jokic, I mean, who's who's gotten better about being in shape, but he's also a big man, and you don't want to put a lot of miles on him. No, uh, during the the regular season. So, I think uh, that that is a wise and smart coaching for them. Um, I mean, I could put a lot of other teams in the West in that category, but because it's a really tight race, to be honest, uh, there's a lot of teams who are injured right now, and some teams are finding their way. So it's it's kind of up in the air. But right now, I take Denver. What about you for well, both conferences? I wanted to say this before I say my 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 answer here. Uh, I was looking at this when when you were talking about it. Denver's stats, like their leaders, points, Jokic, rebounds, Jokic, assists, Jokic, and it's almost a triple double. He is one tenth of a point or one tenth of an assist from a triple double. There steals, Jokic, and the only thing that's the other one is blocks, and it's Aaron Gordon by two tenths over Jokic. I mean, what he's doing is just incredible. Um, with that being said, I am going to be, uh, I'm, I am going with Boston uh, and the East, basically with everything you said, except for I'm going to change one little thing. This is I just, I don't, and I don't think you said it. I love what this team is doing. Even with their, um, this like the coach wasn't supposed to, you know, Missoula wasn't even supposed to be the guy. He wasn't supposed to be there. He was subbed in within, you know, weeks of, of the season. And without missing a beat, they just said, okay, let's go. If he is not the head coach of Boston next year, he will be the head coach somewhere. He's he, going to be the head coach of Boston. <laughs> He has earned the right. Um, now, my West team is a little different. Um, Denver is great. They have played great. You've just, I mean, you made a lot of points right there. Jamal Murray, I think that they are going to be, I think that's one of the biggest things that Denver has had missing the last couple of seasons. Jokic has played great, but they haven't had that number two. Jamal Murray, if he can get back into this, the way he was looking a couple of seasons ago, they could be that team. But I like Memphis. I like the way Memphis's team as a team dynamic has played. Um, they're like one for all and all for one. Yeah, granted, you got John Morant. So, yes, of course, that's going to be good for them. But 
you know, he's their big high flyer and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, between Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, uh, what's his name? Um, I just went blank. Jaron Jackson, all of them. Uh, Steve Adams, everybody's got their own little niche and they're all playing well. They're all working as a team collectively. Um, with what you said earlier about minutes, they're still also all under 35. Nobody's played more than 32 minutes a game. Highest is Ja right now. You know, and he's playing lights out. I mean, even what was it last week when, uh, you know, the, it was the Lakers-Grizzlies game and um, God, what was his name? Got into it with them. Uh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Thank you very much. It just went, yeah. You know, they all stuck up for each other. Um, and then Shannon Sharp, after the, you know, on Monday said, I apologize, but Job Moran doing all these little crazy diffs you do, like moves, you know, I agree with it. It's just, he, that's a team that's playing great and fun to watch. Nothing against the Denver Nuggets, they're playing great but they play fundamental and it's not really the greatest team to watch where. Yeah. Well, so my only thing with Memphis and maybe it biases me against them. I think they're a great team. Honestly, my only beef with Memphis is that they talk like they've done something. True. That, that bothers me to no end. Uh, like I get being confident, and John Morant is nothing but confident. Um, but like, like, and like I said, I'm probably biased. I mean, I'm a Warriors fan, but them talking to the Warriors earlier in the season, like De Desmond Bain or was it Dylan Brooks trying to go at, at Clay Thompson? Yeah. And Clay, and, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you haven't won anything. We just bounced y'all last year. Like, like you're gonna come at me, you're gonna come at them, and then you're gonna go after like all these other guys. So that's just like the only, and then they went after LeBron. I don't know if you saw the clip. Yeah, the I other, did. So, and like right before and Shannon Le and all LeBron, that. LeBron was like, "Hey, if you're gonna go off, like if you're gonna talk, like at least be going off or something. Like then start talking to me." And then he goes down and dunks on all of them. Yeah. Like, like I'm mean, I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but like yeah, that's what I want to see because. Yeah, if you're going to talk, at least be, like, doing something or at least won something. Like, if you win a championship, if you win a Western Conference championship, then you can talk. But, like, don't be talking to LeBron, who has four championships, the Warriors dynasty, key pieces that have four championships. Like, just kind of shut your mouth. Go about your business. Like, right. go, I, go. I think. So that's, new... like, my one big thing about Memphis. It's like, I, I agree. I just, I don't stand that. I, I, I don't like that. I like when people talk. It, it makes it interesting, but don't talk and come after people and disrespect people when they've accomplished way more than you have. I could agree with that. I just like their swagger. They have, they have it in spades and, you know, it's just like Cincy, you know, like Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they talk. Yeah. Now, granted, they, they won an AFC championship. Year. Yeah, they won an AFC championship. Um, but, you know, 
I, I, I think, like I said, I think Memphis is on that up and coming. I like watching them. I think that they could be a strong team in the playoffs. Um, I, I still have the one caveat where I still think that they need a number two. They don't have a solid number two. Um, but I think it's coming. I think Desmond Bain could be it, but I think this, I still need more from him. So Yeah, they have a solid team. They're deep. They're a really good team. Like, there's not really many places that you can critique. That's just my only critique. That's my yeah. only thing I don't like about them. So, but, If they won a championship, yeah. then I'd – what go talk your talk? I don't care, but yeah, <laughs> let, let, let's chill out. You haven't even won a Western Conference championship. Luca's been farther than you, so chill out. <laughs> All right, well, like I said earlier, we were talking about I talked about I brought Cincinnati up. Um, let's switch over to the NFL and we're going to kind of go over the divisional games. I will say this I, I really want to talk about two games more than all four. Um, Philly, New York, really to me. Wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't a game. Um, no, it was a bad game for, for if you were a Giants fan. If yeah, and then uh, Dallas, San Francisco. I do want to talk about Kansas City, Jacksonville. Um, yeah, Saturday night matchups basically could have come and gone, and I'd have been okay. Um, Sunday, I want to get into it. Uh, first game, we'll just start first game. Cincinnati at Buffalo. This was a game to me, and I know me and you talked a little bit during the game, but this was a game tailored to Buffalo. It was in Buffalo. Snow, cold weather. Everything was geared towards Buffalo taking this game easily, or at least making it a better game than it was. And it just seemed that they came out flat. You know, I don't even know really how to say it. Like, since he just came off the game, touchdown real quick, and it just kind of just kept creeping. And it, Josh Allen looked like he was off. Stefan Diggs was frustrated. I mean, he left the game. He tried to leave the stadium before they even had a, a talk after the game. Um, and he has said since. He's still upset. And called out Josh Allen and said, we can't play like – and he didn't say his name, but he said, we just can't play like that. Um, what were your thoughts? Because I know you're a Buffalo fan. So, I mean, I'm critiquing this like a, a, an individual. You're, you're the fan. I want to see what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think first off, Cincinnati's proving, I think, every week that they are a legit team. Uh, that they, they're, they're not – a novelty they didn't just go on some cinderella run last year even if it looked like that from the outside that they're a legit team because a lot of their team is the same from yeah. last year to this year uh they upgraded their o-line which was working for them it didn't start off the season well then they got really good and then they lost three guys uh in the last two weeks or last couple weeks last couple so that weeks, yeah. that that hurts them but it doesn't affect joe burrow Joe Burrow is is calm as ever. Uh, it is really but their defense fast. Their defense is really good too. Uh, and I think Lou Anarumo is a really good D coordinator. He's called a lot of really good games against elite talent. They've beaten Kansas City three times in one calendar year, trying to go for four this year or for this week. Um, and they've held them pretty in check. 
that defense. And then they've held in check Josh Allen this this past week. Uh, so that defense is no slouch. It's not just Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins kind of carrying the load. It's a whole team effort, and they're really got really yes. good on, on both sides of the football. Uh, I think for the Bills, though, like, I think defensive game planning for Buffalo had his uh, stuff to do with it, but Josh Allen just didn't look right. Like, he just – he he was not accurate, which he has improved his accuracy the last few weeks. Uh, and I'm not absolving him because he did have an interception. He didn't look great. He was inaccurate at times. But they also didn't have a run game. They had 63 yeah. yards on the ground. Joe Mixon himself had over 100 for Buff or for Cincinnati. So they didn't have a run game. Other And Josh Allen, again, led them as a runner. But the longest run of the day was by James Cook for eight yards. They totaled 63 yards between the three of them. They did not play well running the ball. Their O-line looked overmatched. You wouldn't if you if I would have told you, hey, one of these two teams, their O-line has three brand new starters because and, and they're in their backups, you you would have guessed it was Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, looking at the game at score alone. You yeah, you would have guessed it was Buffalo, but it was Cincinnati. And so they just were out outplayed in a lot of ways. Defensively, they couldn't really stop but Cincinnati a ton. So they they just were kind of overmatched outcoached over outplayed I mean that's just kind of as plain as you can put it you can make excuses and say this that or the other but but plain and simple they were just outplayed outcoached yeah I I mean yeah you said it right there I mean when your number one receiver in Buffalo is your tight end and you've got people like Stefan Diggs Gabe Davis I mean, I'm not going to go with, I, you know, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, who aren't bigger names, those two, but they're names. People know of them. And they had nothing. The targets, receiving, like Seth had four catches. Gabe had two. I mean, your best catch receiver was Dawson Knox with five and 65 yeah. yards. And it's a different um, conversation, but I think Buffalo Buffalo needs to look at improving their offensive line, uh, look for some long-term options. They've kind of been piecemealing some of their, their pieces down there, and I think they have to invest in that to help their run game and also devote things to the run. I was just saying like – Chris, Chris, Chris has said it. Forever, and I think Buffalo got has gotten better as runners. They just got away from it in this game. And granted, you could say it was game plan or or, or not game plan, uh, game flow that they started to get behind and they needed to pass more. But I I don't know. I think they they need to establish the run better better um, in the game. But well, my thing is is Buffalo hasn't had a strong solid run game in a, a couple of years. They've had good run games but not like their their game plan has been screens and deeps and and if i'm if i'm buffalo they need to have a solid running game you need to play off the run take some pressure off josh allen put some stuff on giving that ball getting definite getting you know stefan Diggs and gabe davis out there in that slot and and, and wide open 
you know, like, you know. If I had to, if I, if I asked you, where do you think Buffalo finished in your most in rushing yards per game? Where would you think Ooh. they finished one through 32 during the regular season? I, because I've seen that Josh Allen's had some big games running. I've seen some Devin Singletary. Just, I'd say top 10, maybe eight, nine, seven. Okay. Seven. You know who they're higher than? San Francisco. Now, okay, but by by a yard. I mean, it's a yard. Okay, or I was the, gonna say. Uh, now, I will say this: if if you did a full season of CMC and Elijah Mitchell, do you think that? And and Cincinnati, by the way, is fourth lowest in rush yards per game. But the thing with Cincinnati is they're efficient. Buffalo is yeah. more volume, I think, volume oriented than they are efficient uh, when it comes to that. But I think. I think for them, they – yeah, I mean, they just got away from it, and you just can't get away from it in this time, at this point in the season. You need the run game. Continue, yeah. though, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, like I said, for me, like, that was their biggest key takeaway was just the fact that they you – said, you said it, you know, they haven't been great on the run, and it showed. Um, so – I will say this. Uh, the next game is, is is slightly more. I don't know what you want to call it. Dallas and San Francisco. How this about was, them Cowboys? This was Dak's game to shine. And shine he did not. not. <laughs> um, I mean, he threw he both those picks were hit. Not. Not a not a tip. Should have had a, three. Not nothing. He should have had a safety at the end of the game. Armstrong gave him gave it away. Be an accessory to murder because he got murdered on that last <laughs> he one. Did so bad. You know, I, I I go all across. That's Dak's bad bad game. I go with that's uh bad coaching. On the Cowboys, like offense, all across the board. Like defensively, they played ish. Micah looked great. I mean, I loved what Dan Quinn did by moving him into a linebacker, basically. And then he tried to switch it back when they were down, and it just didn't work. So, well, Kyle was not going to allow Micah Parsons to ruin that game. He was going to get – he wanted to get Micah off ball, which they did. Which they for did. For a while. Yeah. But I, I will say this. I mean, I don't know if, if it was just me, but Dallas, who came into this, was a you know solid defensive team that could have made Brock Purdy look like a rookie. Didn't. At the beginning of the game, there was points where Brock Purdy looked like he was going to start fumbling. Like, not fumbling, but just showing signs of rookie. And then Kittle saved his butt with one of those catches that just made it look like, good Lord. So, I I, I have to give all blame to this. Um, to I give all blame to this, to, to Dak and that coaching staff which leads to the question that we will talk about in the offseason 
is Mike McCarthy the right person for this job? Yes, I think I think so. I've been against Mike McCarthy at other times because I just didn't think he should get the job. But I think I don't think you could base this season and say he deserves to be fired. I really I don't. don't either. I think I, I I argued in our group chat with our resident. Well, I say resident as if he's on this show. He is not, but with <laughs> our resident friend who is a Cowboys fan and our, uh, our primary friend that's a Cowboys fan and. Again, like typical Cowboys fans, blamed a lot of it on coaching and Kellen Moore, who probably didn't help. But Dak, no. but all season, everybody kept saying, we kept saying, Dak's throwing the interceptions. Those interceptions are going to hurt if he doesn't clean it up. And all we heard was, best offense in the NFL. That defense is legit. Da, 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 da. The defense is legit. And so, Oh, the defense is the defense. Should, the defense is championship worthy. Yes, it like is. they they played well. You gave up 19 points on a Kyle Shanahan 49ers. Like you should win that game. Hold your hold your head high on that. Uh, and and Dak is the reason they gave it away. And our resident Cowboys fan said, "Well, they needed another playmaker." Oh, I mean, like Amari Cooper, didn't he play? Oh, wait, no, they had to trade him because they paid Dak and Zeke, and they couldn't afford him anymore. Yeah, which makes me still wonder how they're going to afford CD in a couple of years. Well, they, they'll be able to when money's off the books and stuff like that. But And I'm not saying Dak – I didn't agree with Dak getting $40 million, but now looking back, it's a little bit of a discount, which he did say at the moment. At the time, it was not a discount – but it's a little bit of a discount now. But when you have Zeke, who can be cut and most likely will be cut because this offseason, because he has $0 guaranteed left on his deal, um, he might come and, back to the Cowboys, but at a very smaller price. I was going to say, and but you've got to sign Tony Pollard because he's an unrestricted If you agent. want to. Yeah. If you want to. I don't know if you saw Todd Mc, or Mel Kuyper's mock draft today. They had Bijan going to Dallas Ooh. in the first round. Um, so I think, I think a lot of the blame has to go on deck and you can't say he needed more playmakers and not acknowledge that his contract along with the other, along with some others like Zeke's uh, contributed to the fact that they couldn't keep Amari Cooper, who is another playmaker that that team could have used. And so you can't acknowledge one without the other. That's, and so and when you pay Dak $40 million a year, you have to know, and we talked about this, you're going to sacrifice other areas of your team. And what you're betting on Dak to do, because what I told, what I told our friend is my personal opinion is this is what I said. You pay Dak $40 million, you can't keep Coop, so you trade him. You allocate a lot of that capital to defense to make stops and keep the offense's job easier, who was good for the whole year and tonight, except you bet your $40 million quarterback could be a force multiplier on offense and make the offense better, and he didn't. And, yeah. and that's the big, that's the biggest problem is yeah. he was supposed to be a force multiplier and make that team better, and he didn't. And he Cooper cost Rush, him. Cooper Rush looked a lot better. He did. I wouldn't say Cooper Rush. Was he's a not. Better no, no, no. I'm not that. saying. No, I'm not saying. I know you're not saying he's a better quarterback. I'm just saying I don't think in that game he would have been better. Oh, no. I agree. I agree. Neither one of them were. No. 
But 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 Dak's decision making was terrible. Like I said, he should have had three interceptions. He had two. Yeah. He should have Dre Greenlaw should have picked six him late in the game. And he dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a really bad the, and you can't say because other people have tried to excuse his inter, his interceptions throughout the season and say, well, CeeDee Lamb should have broke this route off or the receiver didn't do this, and that's why he threw it here. Okay, fine, whatever. The the interception on the comeback, terrible decision. The the throw to CD that got picked should have been it was picked twice essentially. Jimmy Ward tipped it up to, Tip it to, up. to Fred Warner. Yep. Uh and then the almost picked to Dre Greenlaw. He stared down that wide receiver and Dre Greenlaw jumped the route. Like Yep. Three bad decisions. And then like, I'm you sorry. can't blame any of that on a receiver. And I will say this, even at the end of the game when they could have had a chance to and he went on that rollout and Eric Armstead should have laid him out in the end zone. Yeah, he, he, I think he thought he threw it. Yeah. I really do too. I I'm pretty sure I would hope that's what he's gonna say. <laughs> you know. But Dak has not made the decisions that would you'd want as a starting quarterback in the NFL for a team like Dallas. I think all this has shown is that Dak is a top 15 thir- 13 quarterback. I go 15. But he's not he's not higher than 7 or 8. No. He is a he is a good quarterback. He is not a I th- I think of it as good great elite He's not a great quarterback. He's on the bridge. He's a good, not great, but he's close. He's nowhere close to elite. I think that might bring up a conversation next week. If 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 it is just you and I, or even maybe if it's all four of us, ranking the top 32 of the quarterbacks and seeing where they're at. And I say that because one will have the conference championship games but we won't have another game to talk about because we ain't going to talk about the Pro Bowl. You know, we'll have another week before the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I assume that, we'll talk about it potentially after the season too. Uh, yeah, if we don't get to it, it may be season, some, but, yeah, but it'll be some. I think it'd be a good conversation to have. Um, so, but right now we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back, and we are going to talk about the conference championships that are coming up this weekend. We are back. All right, we are back. And we're going to talk conference championships. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to let you take it away. And let's do records and uh, where we're at. Uh, yeah, so in the regular season, um, regular season, I think we already said you you were the champ. Uh, for the playoffs right now, it is Chris and Josh – are both nine and one, you're eight and two, and I am rounding out the back at six and four. Uh, overall, with regular season playoffs, you're still in the lead. And unless you miss all three, the, <laughs> both conference championships and the Super Bowl, and Josh gets them all three right, then you'll win that. Josh will finish second, and I'll finish third, and Chris will finish last, regardless of how. I can't catch Josh. Chris can't catch me. So the only theoretical possibility is Josh could catch you, but I don't see that really happening. So uh, that brings us to conference championship week, uh, which is we'll go to the first game, the early game, the three o'clock game, and it's the Niners at the Eagles. Uh, I'll ask you a question for the, the, I guess for both teams. 
Okay. Uh, how do you think this Jalen Hurts is going to perform against this elite 49ers defense? So you have Hurts, who's potentially kind of banged up. He looked good last week, looked fine, but he wasn't the elite level kind of guy. He did run, did take some hits, but wasn't yeah. like, I think he had 184 total yards of offense. They, they won 38 to seven. So there really wasn't a need for him to be like, 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, all that kind of stuff. So he's a little conservative. He didn't play the whole game. Um, but what do you think about this matchup between the Eagles? And you can expand it past Jalen Hurst, but the Eagles offense versus the 49ers defense. So, I mean, you know, as you know, since it's an injury to his throwing shoulder, you know, of course you don't want to get tackled on it. Um, he's looked pretty good. I don't, you know, he's made some crisp throws. Um, I think this defense, I mean, as, as just crazy good as they are, um, they have holes. They do have some holes. I mean, um, I am not really great on their corners. And when you've got Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown, who can get open, who can give you that 50-50 ball, I think it'll help. But you've also got, you know, you're going to have Fred Warner probably sticking to Goddard, maybe being a QB spy type for for Hertz. I think this is going to be that game where Nick Bosa is going to come in to have to play on that offensive line and just scare Hertz into making mistakes that's the only way that this is going to work but i like i said i'm not strong on the secondary for for the niners compared to the receiving core of the eagles now that doesn't mean that i'm picking the eagles i'm just saying if i have to go on that per your question i'm going that route yeah and i i see the the battle being right tackle because Lane Johnson is injured. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell last week he was laboring at times. Uh, and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty at times for Lane Johnson and he's going against Nick Bosa who Nick lines Bosa. up on that, on that side, pretty much majority of the time. So you're going to have to be playing maybe the best pass rusher in the NFL at the moment who is kind of on a heater and you're not a hundred percent. So I I'm really interested to see what that matchup is. I think they're going to RPO the heck out of that side to try to slow down Nick Bosa. Um, I see that. I agree with that. I, I like that. Thought and, try process. To, and I also think they're going to try to chip Nick Bosa a lot. They're going to take tight ends. They're going to take running backs. And when they have to drop back, they're going to try to chip and chip and chip to buy to help out Lane Johnson, but to buy uh, Jalen Hurts an extra half second to try to 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 do something. So I think that's going to be a very big matchup on that side of the ball. Okay, so I'm going to flip that. What are you thinking about that front seven of the, the Eagles going against the Rook? Now, granted, he has weapons and all that kind of stuff too, but that front seven is – been very good of a powerhouse. 
And let's not forget, I really like to think that the secondary is better for the Eagles than the Niners. Yeah, the secondary, for the, the weakness of the 49ers is their secondary and their, it is their secondary on defense. And for the, uh, and that's a strength for the, for the Eagles. The Eagles have a really good defense front to back. They're, they're probably, Nick Bosa elevates that D-line for the Niners. Right. And then Fred Warner elevates that linebacker core, I think, above Philly. But Philly's definitely got the better. And that's not to say Philly doesn't have a good D-line or a good linebacker core. But those two guys are elite. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is going to be a really tough game for Brock Purdy. Uh, I think he could have some trouble. But the thing about it is, is that Shanahan's offenses, I mean, you know, from experience, a lot of times how they operate is you don't really need to know what the defense is doing or really care what the defense no. is doing because you're schemed up to, to you're just looking at your guy and hitting your guy on time because they're schemed up. And if that guy is not open, the other guy, another guy is probably open. Yeah. And the problem that the Niners present is, and I heard someone talking about this on another podcast is in the 21 personnel, which is the two two bat or two tight ends or two whatever, two non-receiver running backs and one running back on the field, 21 personnel, you have on the field for the Niners, you have Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Juszczyk, Christian McCaffrey. And the problem with those five is they can line up anywhere. Anywhere on the field. I agree. Debo can line up in the backfield with – Check. Use check could line up as the second tight end. Christian McCaffrey can line up in the slaughter on the outside. Like you could tight split Brandon Ayuk. Like you can line them up wherever. Yeah. I and agree. so they're going to, they're going to have answers and it's going to be really hard. It's probably the biggest test Philly's faced all season. Uh, this is the biggest test. I think either of these teams have faced all season. And so it's going to be interesting to see how a rookie, I say rookie, um, a young head coach in Nick Sirianni is going to rise to the occasion against a quote unquote grizzled veteran like Kyle Shanahan, who's been to two Super Bowls, been and to three, three, three or four, 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 four conference championships, I think, in the last five years. Um, yeah or three in the last four, four total, whatever it is. Three in the last um, four, five, four in the last six. Yeah, so he's been four in the last six. And so he knows what it takes. And so it's going to – I think coaching is going to be a big factor in this. It's honestly probably the best game of the weekend. I think it's the best game of the weekend between these two teams. And I, I it's going to be a dog fight, I think, because both teams can run the ball. I mean, the biggest X factor, I think, is Jalen Hurts. What does Jalen Hurts do? It, does he rise to the occasion? Does he fold? What yeah. happens with him? And I, I know I sent you that uh, the Instagram post of Hurts and uh, Purdy meeting when they were in college with Oklahoma and Iowa State, and they both had great games. And granted, that's a lot different because who knows what the defenses were at those games, and and everything else there was no defense so who are you okay so chris and josh both took the niners who are you taking in this game 
I, and I'm asking no, you because I, we don't have any worries of, you know, I'm copying was, or anything like that. So I was planning on taking the Eagles, but I feel like I talked myself into the Niners. <laughs> but but I don't know. I I'm gonna say I think I'm gonna say take the Niners. I think I talked myself into the Niners. I came into this conversation thinking Eagles, and I talked myself into the Niners with the Lane Johnson, Nick Bosa. With the web, with the positionless offense that they can run with the Niners, Kyle Shanahan being more experienced, I, I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Niners. It's hard for me to go against it. I wouldn't be shocked if this if the Eagles won though, because they're explosive and they can take advantage of that outside. If they can somehow mitigate Nick Bosa against Lane Johnson, they can take advantage of the corners for for San Francisco, and it could be a bloodbath that way. I. I'm going to go against the grain. Everybody else took the Niners. And I'm going to take the Eagles. I may switch this because I agree with you. As you you're, you're, what you said, everything you said is all true and it is all convincing. But I just like the way this game, the, this team plays. And you're right. It is all on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. If he plays, comes out and plays great, Quite literally, on his shoulder. (laughs) But I do believe, I think this could be something where the Eagles take this and it solidifies him as one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Part of me hopes Brock Purdy doesn't win the game because I don't want there to be a controversy at quarterback because I have Trey Lance on two dynasty teams. (laughs) I, I really don't want to see where Mr. Irrelevant. And don't get me wrong, I like what he's doing, but no. So, all right, next game. Next game, Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, I think, I mean, easily the biggest storyline in this game is Patrick Mahomes' ankle. I, see, to me, the biggest storyline is, is can Patrick Mahomes beat Joe Burrow? Well, like, I, I guess that's where you can get into it. Is like, if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, but he has a high ankle sprain that he probably shouldn't be playing where most people don't play for three or four weeks. Like there's an asterisk around it. And even more so if Patrick Mahomes beats him with a high ankle sprain, like that's, that's a big storyline as well. So, I mean, kind of, to me, it's almost a win-win for Mahomes like if he loses like he can say well I had an ankle like my like my ankle is jacked <laughs> I, up I don't but see him I, doing that but I I know what you're saying no, he, yeah he would never do that but I'm saying that like us me greater media would say that like he had a high ankle sprain he probably shouldn't have been playing in the game anyway I agree probably should, shouldn't be playing in the game anyways but I think it is a question because if Joe Burrow goes in there and beats him I think Joe Burrow has a case, even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, that he's the best quarterback in the league right now. I saw an article, and I was going to send it to you guys, and I forgot. It said, quarterbacks-wise, like, Mahomes has more intangibles as an athlete. But Burrow's the best quarterback in this league. Yeah, well, I mean, Dan Orlovsky said that on ESPN the other day. I I think that's 
I heard him say that. I did see I, that. I, I did see our last thing too. I did. I did tend to agree, but I forget who it was. Might have been RG three. Uh, was saying like, but that's both ways to play quarterback. Right. So like to say, well, in the play, Mahomes is really good over here, and Burrow's, but Burrow's a better like normal quarterback. Like they're both playing quarterback. So like. You yeah, can, you can just say that Burrow is the better quarterback, and it's not disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes. No, uh, and I, I think if if because if Burrow wins this, he'd be four and zero in a year against Patrick Mahomes, twice in the AFC Championship, both at Arrowhead. Yeah, and then he's also beaten Buffalo in the playoffs in Buffalo. Yeah, and so you he would he he has a case to be the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment and i would find it hard to debate it to debate when otherwise. we do our when we do our top five it could be very interesting yeah um i think this game is going to come down to something crazy i don't really care too much with kansas city's defense they're not solid they haven't played solid all season long um, which means that it's going to put a lot on Mahomes to make plays happen. But, you know, like you said earlier, you know, with the Niners, you know, you got IU, Debo, all that stuff. KC has offensively a ton of weapons. Nobody's like, I mean, Kelsey's your standout and everything like that, but Isaiah Pachenko has, has played great. Um, Juju's played great. Kadarius Tony has come in and played great. I, and I, this is my this is what I think is going to be the key matchup is you have Lyle Collins out right tackle yeah. for both Cincinnati. You have Alex Kappa who's questionable who didn't play last week who's not sure if he's going to play this week. And you have Jonah Williams out your left tackle who could play this week but not really sure. But guess who plays up the middle for Kansas City? Chris Jones, who is an absolute monster. And you have a backup guy going against Chris Jones. And, and Burrow is not – like, Burrow's an athlete. He can run, but he'd rather sit in the pocket and just kind of do the, the Brady, just slide, move, yep. make the throw. But when you got 300-pound Chris Jones shoving guys right into your lap, it's going to get to you, I think. Granted, Joe Burrow won a playoff game last year after getting sacked nine times. He beat Tennessee, and they sacked him nine times. They were in his face all day, and he still won the game. So, I don't know. But I think Chris Jones, if he if he can generate a lot of pressure and take advantage, especially if Alex Cap is out, even if Alex Cap is in, um, I think this could that could be the X factor of the game. Because we already know no one can guard their receivers. Casey can't they, they they can't really guard many people in the back end, but they ain't yeah, guarding Jamar and Chase. Chase. Yeah, no, they're not guarding them. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is 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 when he's healthy. It doesn't matter who you got. I mean, he's he's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Chris Jones and can he take over this game? It's a good call in the, uh, on the D line. If, he, call can, you if he can take over. Huh? Who you got? 
Uh, I I think honestly, I I I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I think I was talking myself into I was I was going I I think I did, I talked myself out of both teams that I thought I was coming <laughs> in to pick. Um, I came in thinking I was gonna pick the Eagles. I picked the 49ers. Came in thinking I was gonna pick the Bengals. I picked the Chiefs because I just don't think Patrick Mahomes gonna allow Joe Burrow to beat him four times in one year. Like I just I that's the only reason I, I was gonna go with the Chiefs as well. I mean, unless and I Mahomes, also think Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones has a big game. I don't. I, I think and I I think Mahomes is just gonna find a way. Like yeah, I, I really think that's what it's gonna come down. He's just gonna. Find I think a as way. long as Mahomes is on the field, I think the Chiefs are gonna win this game. I I I was looking at this. Um, Pacheco has more yards than Mixon. He's played better than Mixon with less carries. Mahomes has more touchdowns. He's made more plays. He's made more receiving or more passing yards. And, you know, it's funny when your top receiver is a tight end and he has 300 yards more than Jamar Chase. Well, Jamar was out for for three games, games, four games. I agree. I know. I'm not saying it wouldn't have changed much, but your best receiver – isn't I a think receiver. Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time. One of I the do. I agree with that. Of all time. I agree with and that. And I one. think he's going to know he's not stupid. He's going to say, well, my, my quarterback, the best player that's potentially on the field, is compromised. And he can't sit back and just chuck it all, like sit back in the pocket for three seconds and risk having to run because he's not going to be able to cut really, really well on that ankle, regardless nope. of if he plays or not. He can probably straight line run, but he's probably not going to be able to cut. And so when you have that, he's going to get the ball out quick. And they have a lot of weapons that, I mean, Josh Burch has said, Josh Burch has said, Kadarius Tony might be the shiftiest guy in the NFL. Yeah. Like get the ball in his hands, let him work. Travis Kelsey, great after the catch. Great. Like get it in his hands. Juju Smith-Schuster, a great short yardage zone guy. Get it out of his hand. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to master in the ball's going to hit his hands. He's going to put his foot in the ground and get the ball out. Like, I don't think they're going to give Kansas or Cincinnati a chance to I try to rush him. The, the way that Kansas City has played this season, you know, without Tyreek Hill was short passes, hold the ball longer, make teams make, you know, have to score to keep up. And I think that's what's going to happen with this game. Yeah, I think they're going to slow it down. I think they're going to be well, really no, no. methodical. I'm saying I think they're, they're going, going to be methodical. Well, I'm saying they're going to have short yard, like, dinks, dumps. They're going to have that ball that their time of possession is going to be longer. So that way, Cincy has to score every time they get the ball to stay up with them. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's going to be a methodical drive, which you play with fire a little bit because it's hard to put together a ton of 10, 12, 13 play drives in a yeah, game. I agree. You have to execute really well, which I mean, Mahomes can do that. So they're going to probably need one or two really big plays uh to to shift the game. They're going to need some short fields. They're going to need to turn over Joe Burrow. Uh they're going to have to do that. So I got the Chiefs. You said you got the Chiefs? Both of us got the Chiefs. With on that note, we are out. We will be back next week to talk about these games and how crazy the Pro Bowl is. Who knows? All right. Talk to you next week.